Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly, and this is Shauna Danberg, and you have joined the Don't Mess With Our Kids podcast, hosted by Her Voice Movement. There are many women and teenagers all the way up to grandmothers, and especially those mama bears, Shauna, who are saying enough is enough. Yes. The attack on our children has gone too far. And so there is a grassroots movement rising up in America called Don't Mess With Our Kids. And there's a couple ways you can be engaged and you can get involved. One of those is to share this podcast with as many people as you know. Also, put this on your calendar, April 13th, 2024. We want you to pray with us, stand with us in your state capital, all 50 states on one day, standing for what's right and what's true. And we're going to pray. It's going to be amazing. Also. In the fall of 2024, and we will share the date as soon as we have it, but in the fall of 2024, we are calling 1 million women and their families to pray to stand together in our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. So the purpose of this podcast is to make you aware and to educate as many people as we can on what's really happening and also to pray. We're going to pray because we want to change things in the spiritual sure. atmosphere because that's where real change happens. And then also to put action to our prayers. We want to send people into spheres of culture where real change can happen. And so I'm so glad that we are together today, Shauna, and I'm glad that we are with you, all of our listeners. So our guest today, this is really, really so special. Excited. So pumped about this. Because Don't Mess With Our Kids actually did not originate in the U.S. In fact, we heard about it from Christian Rosas from Lima, Peru. I ended up on a Zoom one day, and he was explaining this to a group of us. And when he said what him and his sister did, I thought, this has to happen in the U.S. And this yeah. is really what brought us to this moment. Let me read you his bio, and then we'll bring him on here in just a moment. So Christian, Liberty University alumni with a bachelor's of arts degree in international relations. And currently he is finishing a master's degree in international law at the Pontifical Catholic University of Peru. And in November of 2016, he founded Don't Miss With Our Kids, a social movement to defend children's legitimate rights against gender ideology indoctrination. And later on, he helped shape and found a political party that positioned itself to fight against abortion, gender indoctrination, and other nonsense. I like how he puts I that. I like that too. It's nonsense. He is married to Anilela, which I did not pronounce that right. When you come on here, you're going to tell me how to pronounce that. But she is a Peruvian lawyer, and he is a father of three children with one baby on the way. We love that. And he is a follower of Jesus Christ and committed to defend Christianity in the political realm. I want you to welcome with Amen. us Christian Rosas. Thank you for joining us all the way from Lima, Peru. Are you in Lima right now, Christian? Yes, I'm in Lima. It's good to hear from you, Jenny. Good to see you, Shauna. Wow. Thank you so, so much. You. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me over to share about this great movement, Don't Mess With Our Kids. You know, It was a couple of years ago in Peru when the parents gathered up together and said, this is enough. Why? Because they were inducing our children to question who they were and then they were trying to manipulate their natural growth and natural development by lying to them straight up and saying that they could be something that they cannot which is to personify a different sex you know and to create a different identity which is just in your mind you know and this was a, a great shift from the anthropological understanding of humanity you know, we, we know 
humanity through science. It is through biology, the study of life, that we know that human beings have sex. They're either male or female, you know, XY or XX. And that's printed in every single cell of who we are. It takes just one hair to realize through DNA tests what your sex is, you know. Even if you are dead, your bones are either masculine or feminine, you know. So there's no way that a person can change its sex or its identity, you know. That's something that a person can imagine and you can personify, but it cannot change it. Therefore, to teach children that they can become something that they will never be is pretty much lying to them. It's an abuse of their innocence because obviously they're gullible, they're children, they will receive the information from good faith. And just to lie to them is something that is twisted and should not be allowed, especially by parents, you know, because parents send their children to school to learn, to learn about the truth, about science, you know, facts, not ideologies, which is ways people interpret how things should be or how we should live in a in a different perspective that's why there's this famous uh term that is often used which is called gender perspective you know okay they want they, they to force into everybody to wear these gender glasses so we can perceive the world mm-hmm. through their lenses you know which okay, is actually- so christian huh? christian i'm gonna stop you right there what was happening in 2016 or maybe 14 15 16 what was happening in your nation? Because right now we're experiencing things in our nation that we didn't even see even maybe a year or two ago and even maybe the last six months. It's just, it's gotten out of hand. What was happening in your nation in in these years that made you, and I believe it was you and your sister, that said, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to stand up. We're not just going to let this thing crumble into uh, destruction. So- what was hap- what was what was happening? Describe to me. All right. Well, in 2016, Peru elected a new government, a nationwide government, a new president. And this president uh, you know, passed some bills with Congress introducing the term gender. So instead of talking about women's rights, they suddenly began talking about gender rights. They started replacing the, the word woman, which decri- which describes a female, you know. And they replaced that by the word, by the term gender, which is a concept, you know. So wow. we, we realized that they were not just doing that to dress females in a different way, but also on the educational realm as well. They were trying to change the curriculum. So they passed nine laws out of nowhere, you know, suddenly. And okay. without suddenly. debate. Yeah, without debate. And I want to add, another family member you know back then my father was a member of congress in peru so he was like a nationwide congressman so he was the first one that said from congress that that should not be allowed and the lgbtq rights advocates and groups introduced uh, a plaintiff they want to sue him saying that his defending of the children's right was considered hate speech because if he was not willing to comply with lies, then he would be promoting hate crimes through hate speech, you know, which is a made up, a made up story or, or a way to intimidate people yeah. that want to be critical with things that needs to be critical, you know, like right. lying to children. So then 
the, the Christians got together, the parents got together, the church got together, and, and certain political leaders as well from different political parties. And we said, we must draw the line. There's a limit. Why? Because we cannot allow our children's heart to be sacrificed to the, in the altar of the state. We must fight because they're trying to kidnap their mind and they're trying to take mm. their souls and spirits right. hostages, hostages by a lie, you know? And if we don't do anything, we'll be an accomplice as well. We would validate this. So therefore we must let our voice be heard. And we must demand the government to take their claws away from our children mm. and not to force into them their way of thinking. And not just the government, but it's to impose an indoctrination and ideology on our children. We don't want our children to be made up according to the image of an ideology. You know why? Because human beings are not means to fulfill an end, an ideological end, but rather they're an end on itself. Because we are born free. Every man was created equal. You know, this is a great premises that the U.S. established in its constitution. And it has become an, a heritage to the world, you know. Yeah. The, the, so, the, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, thank you for letting me interrupt. I, I think you said to me one time that one of those laws that were passed was jail time for using an unwanted pronoun. Can you expand oh, yeah. on that? Of course. On um, this ideology, the gender ideology, they have created this term, which is called gender identity, which says that you could perceive yourself and believe and introduce yourself as something you're not. For example, a male could dress as a woman and say she's a lady or a woman. And if you don't comply with that and you, you don't go with that lie, if you don't follow through and you decide to correct that person and say, excuse me, lady, you will be sued and you could go to prison. I'll give you an example. One day I was invited to a, to a program in TV and it was live being broadcasted nationwide. And they brought this lady that was the president of the National Trans Association in Peru. So the lady said, my name is Mr. Michael, whatever, you know. So I decided to say, good evening, ma'am, you know, respectfully. But the journalist said, hey, you cannot do that because you're offending her and, and that's a crime, you know. And I said, I cannot, you know, butcher my own conscience nationwide on TV because I am a Christian. And the guy said, so what does your Christianity have to do with this? I said that as Christians, I am commanded not to lie. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. I cannot repeat a lie and pretend not to know what everybody knows, you know. That would represent a moral suicide and a spiritual death. Wow. And I'm a witness of the truth, you know? And the guy, so, said, the guy said, you know, you're breaking the law. And I said, well, I plead guilty of, of declaring the truth, you know? So this is my ID number. If they want to sue me or if they want to send me to prison, do so because I am not willing to back down. I will stand on the truth. Immediately Twitter, you know, exploded and it became trend the word sue me as well, you know, and everybody started breaking the law. And eventually that provoked Congress to repeal the law. But 
that it, it was a challenge, you know, because most people were fearful to challenge unjust laws. Wow. And, and the term don't mess with our kids is pretty much summarizes the feeling of our parents saying, hey, don't mess with our kids. We're not going to comply no more with injustice. From now on, we will stand on the truth and we'll fight for children's innocence. So you guys came up with this. You came up with don't mess with our kids. That's what was going on. But then what happened next? How did it spread throughout the country? And, and then, and then yeah. what happened? How did the, the country change? What took place after that? What, what were some of the results because after you guys went after this? Yeah. Like We've we're seen about the pictures. We've seen the pictures yeah. of millions of people standing in the streets. There was a groundswell yeah. of yeah. millions in the streets. And then it went to the surrounding countries. And you said the... Uh, Prime Minister was eventually ousted, the Education Minister, George Soros pulled out his funding. I mean, you guys flipped this thing around. Yeah. So this is a really good question. How, how did it come to be that that many people got behind this and came out of fear? You know, you know, that's a great question because really what inspires people is to see an example. You know, anybody can speak any theory and it will sound, you know, marvelous. But until somebody sees somebody personifying this, they won't get inspired. So what happened through this time was the following. I was invited over and over to different, you know, TV programs. And, and one of the LGBTQ advocates said, you know, we have pride on who we are, you know. And, and, and then I said, you know, pride is a strong, really strong force that mobilizes people also throughout history, you know racial pride, Hitler Jews, you know, now sexual pride. I mean, pride does not allow reasoning because a proudful person might know it's wrong, but they will never acknowledge it and they don't care, they don't mind. But I said, there's an even greater force than pride. And they say, what's that? Love, true love. Because true love goes beyond the strength of pride because love is willing to sacrifice and surrender absolutely everything. And we okay. as parents are willing to surrender everything we have for our children. Mm -hmm. And there's no greater force than love. There will never be any wow. greater force than love. And I said, I am willing to go to prison. And actually, we're rallying towards the uh, prosecutor's office, you know. So we challenged the law. Why? Because the law was unjust. And we challenged the curriculum. Why? Because that curriculum was not teaching proper things, but actually we're trying to indoctrinate children. So when parents saw that we were steadfast, we were not joking, and we were serious about our commitment to fight for our children's heart and innocence. And we constantly repeated this, you know, we're not going to allow our children's heart to be sacrificed in the altar of the state, you know, as long as there's parents with living hearts, you know, hearts made out of flesh, that understand that what's wrong should not be taught but actually what's right and truthful, there is hope. So all wow. of the TV news and, you know, they mocked us, you know, every day they mocked at us, they ridiculed us saying, look at them, they're radical, religious, you know, whatever. But they saw that we were not retreating. And actually every day we were more and more and more and more until they couldn't ignore us anymore. And how many days? How how long did this go on from your very first time that you, I know you had a prayer strategy 
um, yes. that led up to this. But from the time you stood in the public square the first time, how how long were you guys showing up in the cities and the streets? That's a great question. You know, we did kind of what you guys are doing right now. We founded the movement, but we launched the day to rally like many months in advance. But we were already doing, you know, like podcasts, we we're doing, you know, interviews. So people were already feeling outraged, but they, they were hearing and people were complaining saying, hey, we cannot wait to this day. We must do something now. So little by little, the pressure began, you know, uh, growing and growing and growing. And that allowed people to say, you know what, I'm going to save the date. That date, I'm not going to go to work. I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to go rally for our children. So we decided to say that, you know, we, we, we say, you know, because the journalists constantly ask us, who's funding you? And I said, you know what, you have these NGOs that are fictional movements because they are being funded by somebody that, you know, does everything for them and they're just repeating the slogans. But our movement, our grassroots movement is actually genuine because it is parents that are sacrificing not just their money, but actually their time. So we began asking people to give an offering of a day one day to set apart from work or any other activity, one day to save your children's innocence, one day to fight for your children's hearts and to reclaim that from the claws of an indoctrination ministry. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's stop right there and say we are asking people to sacrifice and yeah. to offer yeah. one day in their state capital initially right. On April 13th, 2024, we felt the Lord say that people need to use their regional authority to stand That's in right. their state on this day at 1 p.m. in every time zone. And I don't know if this has been done in America before, but I felt that this was the beginning of something that would then launch into, of course, us standing together in Washington, D.C. in the fall of 2024. So does this is, is this starting to mimic what yes. you guys saw happen? And you know what? It's not just kind of resembling what we did in Peru, but actually what we did in Peru also resembles what's stated in the Bible. You know, when Esther did, she also yeah. called the same. Let every town, let every city do the right. same. Let them do their prayer. Let them pass at the same time, you know. Why? Because there is times, you know, in history when the reaction cannot be any more of just a sector or individually, it must be Come corporate. On. It must be That's corporate. Yeah. The whole yeah. body must assemble, you yeah. know? From okay, every did you have problems with that? Oh, no, go ahead, Jenny. I, I, I yeah, just, I'm wondering yeah, what I, problems. Did you have pastors or business people or leaders say, well, that sounds nice, but I'm I'm really busy right now, or I got something yeah. else going on. Let me know how it yeah. goes. I mean, was there a little kickback? I mean, tell, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah. You know what? When we began this, no official leadership said we're in, like nobody, you know? It took the people, the members of the church that led the shepherds. It was crazy because, the you know, the people were marching and the shepherds were standing on their churches, you know, on their bases, and they said, you know what? There's nobody left. There's no flock left. We should follow them, you know? So it was the other way around. Like, the members actually were the ones committed to rally and they pretty much forced the leadership to commit 
And I, I know a lot of people went rallying and, and committed to, to march in the spite of their own opinion, you know? And that's when you realize that when there's a movement that is so strong, that strength is not man-made, you know? It's an, a spiritual inspiration that drives people to push and go beyond their own limits, you know? And that wow. is contagious. It was contagious because everybody wanted to be part of it, even athletes, sportsmen, you know, actors. Everybody began jumping on this reaction. Why? Because it was just and it was truthful to do so. Mm -hmm. You know, Sun Tzu, this great strategist, says, the first consideration a person must take before going to war is to ask himself if it's a just war. If it is just, you have the victory guaranteed. And of course, it was a just war. People were fighting for the right to raise their children according to what's truthful. Right. It's completely rightful to do so. Yeah. So wow. the other side was just a matter of time that it was going to collapse, you know, because it, it's, it's not sustainable. A lie requires another lie in order to sustain and to live. You know, there's an African proverb that says, a lie can travel a hundred years undisputed, but the truth in one second supersedes <laughs> the lie. Come on, so amen. when the truth stands up, there's nothing that can resist it, you know? And so when good. that mixed with love, just like the Apostle Paul said, you know, sharing the truth with love, with genuine love, that love that doesn't care what people say, you know, that love that is, you sacrifice who you are, you sacrifice your image, you sacrifice your comfort zone, you risk everything because the end goal is totally worth it. And what's worth it? Your children. Come on. I mean, it's so totally Christian. Christian, I'm, inter I'm interrupting you again. I think we're interrupting right, Christian right, a lot, but right. we're so excited to ask you questions. I, I'm i just curious because I feel like something you said when you were at Her Voice or in one of our conversations, I don't know if it was from the stage or in person, but you talked about the rest of the world getting behind America and being like, finally, you guys are going after this. And so how do other countries, how do other people from other countries feel about America? Why is this important not to just Americans, but to you and to other people in other parts of the world? You know, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked this, Shauna. Look, America has been blessed, you know, like no other nation in the world. No other nation in the world has been blessed like the United States. And every other country, you know, always looks up to what America does. So the gender indoctrination people have been so clever to first fight outside of the U.S. and keep the last fight to the U.S. itself, you know. So the way the United States reacts to this challenge will affect the whole world. Now, from abroad, I'm talking as a foreigner living in Peru, you know. Sometimes we see the U.S. like this patient with Alzheimer, you know, that doesn't remember who he is, you know, he's going through an ontological crisis, you know, and, and, and yes, come on, preach that. And Christianity has become an intimate memory, almost like a private secret instead of the conquering gospel. It is, come on, it will always be. So this is the time 
when we are eagerly watching America to recover its memory and to take back its leadership. And I don't mean political or military. I mean the spiritual leadership that has made America great. What made America great is that Americans were willing to go even to civil war. Why? To defend what was just. That's why the hymn of the Republic, you know, the Battle of the Republic, you know, says the trumpet has sounded that never sounds to retreat. His truth mm. is marching on. I mean, there's no stories like that anywhere else in the world, you know. So it took a lot of strength, a spiritual strength, to actually go to a war and create the United States. Yeah. Because that was the test for, for your country. It was either the Confederate States or the United States. And, and the Union won, you know. Why? Because you fought believing that every man was created equal. That's why the Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural address is so powerful. He says, we must repeat, as it was said 3,000 years ago, the judgments of the Lord are truthful and right at the same time. We must fight for America. And you guys did, and you guys won, and that inspired the whole world. Like, after you guys won that, there was no slavery left in the world, you know? It was like the last fight, you know? And countries have resisted and fought against this gender gender indoctrination. Some have won, very few, Peru, Poland, you know, uh, Brazil, halfway, you know, but most countries have lost the war, you know, but now the time has come for the U.S. So the United States of America now is being challenged, but who's being challenged? The truth bearers, the people that actually have the truth, in other yes. words, Christians, come on. Right. We declared to have find the truth and have finally answered the main question to our life, you know? So the challenge goes directly to the truth bearers. So if the truth bearers in America don't react accordingly, who else will? We cannot let this fight to be on hands or just legislators or, you know, TV people. It must be the truth bearers that are in the political realm, that are in the TV, that are in the in, in, in the our magistrates right now. It is the truth bearers that must bear witness, you know, just like you guys did a few hundred years ago with Abraham Lincoln, you know, it's almost the same. So now the whole world is expecting to see how this will deliver. And it takes courageous people to do so. You know, I'm so glad to know that actually ladies, it is her voice leading the reawakening and the recovering of a spiritual memory for a whole nation. And the fact that you guys understand that this must be a corporate reaction and not yeah. just an, an individual reaction, but a corporate That's reaction. Right. And it must be nationwide. It, it, it makes the whole world attentive. Wow. So Christians in Peru and pro-family people across the world We'll watch eagerly this match, you know, and yeah. we will support it. We will go, we will rally, we will root for you, we'll go to the embassies, we will make sure that the whole world realizes that you guys are not alone. We are the majority, we're standing on what's truthful, and we shall overcome. Yeah. So I we think we know, I think we know what's at stake for us 
but what's at stake for you? What's at stake for, I think, I think sometimes I learned as just a mom and a wife and an American, I didn't know that we were considered the breadbasket of the world. I didn't know that we were considered the ones that sort of policed the world. We would go and we would send our military to protect other countries. We would send our missionaries to bring the gospel. We would send funds. We would send food. We'd send um, aid when there were catastrophes and earthquakes. And I didn't realize how much we sort of stewarded the planet yeah, as believers because that was what our country was. It was mostly a Christian nation. I didn't realize what an effect it had on the rest of the world as things started to shift. This isn't just about us. And I love hearing just what you feel like is at stake for your country and for the rest of the world as well as yes, Americans. Of course. Uh, let, let me share this with you. Look, after World War II finished, you know, the U.S. printed its image across the world in, in international law. So one of the things was mandatory was for all nations in the world to revoke colonialism and slavery, you know? Why? Because Americans thought like that. If not, the world would still have colonies and slaves, you know? So pretty much that you guys were the city of the hill, you know? Because you were blessed. Why? Because you were doing the right thing, you know? So now it is so important because every time throughout history, there has empires have risen and they have fallen, you know? But the, the, the time for the U.S., the U.S. is not that old, you know, 200 years. It's not that old. Right. It's, it's, it's not an old empire. It's still really young, you know. And, and the way it was born, you know, the, 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 the foundation of that nation is, is based on a spiritual conviction. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That's the statement of a Christian. No one else can state that. Why? Because most other philosophies are nihilism. They don't believe that there's such thing as truths or truth. You know, everything is relative. So for somebody to say we hold these truths to be self-evident that we were created equal, come on, that's almost like a sermon, but it's actually printed on a constitution, you know, the Declaration of Independence. So that shaped the world. And, and, and you guys you know, brought in, in the United States, you printed the inheritance of Christianity. That's why it is natural for an American to perceive itself as free man and free woman. You don't even have to try to conceive yourself as a free woman. To the rest of the world, that's still a challenge, you know? On the law, it is written, you are free, but most people are like, come on, I cannot be free. And like, yes, you're free, you know? Why? Because that's not a spiritual inheritance that was bestowed upon the United States of America. Now, that freedom, there was a, a lady named Ida B. Wells that fought against slavery. She was an abolitionist, but she said, freedom is always one generation from being taken away. We must teach our children from every generation to have the good fight. That's and that's true. Like we're fighting now, but our children will have to fight for their children. And the test will come on every generation. You know, so freedom is always one generation from being taken away. So the challenge has come on our time and we must stand up to the challenge. And, and the only way to take the strength is to look inside who we are 
and we are free, made into the image of God. Man and woman, we were created. That's, that's wonderful. This is what's currently being challenged by terms. Terms mm -hmm. that made up, you know, a, a virtual reality, an alternative reality. We must So let's do this. Mm -hmm. I want you to teach about that in just a moment, but I, I think we're going to open a whole conversation about this because Christian, when you shared this with me personally about terms and how that related to spiritual authority and how much of a danger using these terms are and teaching our kids to use these terms. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. In fact, every time I repeat it now, people are like, whoa, because it's not something that I've, I'd ever really considered or known. So let's do this. We're going to go to a second episode, part two, because I don't want to cut this conversation short. So we're going to be back with you in a second episode, part two. We're going to carry on the conversation. And I just want to tell um, our listeners today, it's been so awesome to have you. Remember that Don't Mess With Our Kids is a grassroots movement that you can herald the message through your social media. Don't just listen to this podcast, but send it to the people that you love and care about because we need to dogpile the enemy. We need to, I want you to see it. I want you to see it in your mind. A dogpile, I'm talking one person after the next in this huge pile of people until the enemy absolutely get smothered. And this thing dies because America is too amazing. God died. He, he, he spent the life of his son, Jesus, in order for this country to remain so strong and so beautiful. But we've got to fight for this, just like Christian Jenny, said. It's, it's like when Christian said that it took the people in the church that yep. actually influenced and inspired the pastor, the shepherd, the leader. That's right. And so I think that's what happens so many times is we sit back and we wait because we're waiting for someone who we think is in charge or has more influence than us to step up to the plate. But it's actually us. It's us that are going to come together and influence the leaders to get into their spot. And we're going to take this together, right. everyone. I can't wait to talk more to him because we're going to go into the second episode. And on the second episode, I have another question for him that's just really, really interesting. And also we're going to have him pray over the country, over the nation, which is over every listener here to see this movement turn things around just like it did in Peru. They did it in Peru. This isn't made up. This isn't mm -hmm. fiction. This isn't you know, us trying to like make something up here. It happened in Peru and I believe it can happen in America. So for the full vision of Don't Mess With Our Kids, you can join us for a live Zoom every single Monday. Catch one Monday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can also catch the replay at the very same link that you're seeing on your screen. It's don'tmesswithourkids.us slash live. And when you go there, you'll be given instructions to join that live Zoom or the replay. Also, one of the things I'm so excited about is we have seen a one-year preparation for women to join in praying together, in standing together. And it's going to be something that we're going to unveil here pretty soon. Make sure that you look at the show notes. It's going to be called the Esther Immersion. And we're going to kick it off a year before the elections because this year matters too much. We cannot be asleep this year. It's going to take a whole bunch of us. So be watching for that and make sure you mark out those two dates, April 13th, 2024, to stand in your state capitol. And then in the fall, we'll have the date for you very, very soon to be standing with us, praying with us at our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. So thank you for being with us today and catch episode two with Christian Rosas.